Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Are you working in the vineyard where Jesus has placed you? Are you doing the work God has given you to do for Jesus and through Jesus and to Jesus? Let's open now to Matthew chapter 20 and look at this amazing parable that Jesus has given us about the workers in the vineyard. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. Today is Friday, January 22nd. Hope everyone is is doing well. Um, happy birthday to my big sister, Susan, who, uh, who had a birthday yesterday. And uh, she is uh, just an amazing woman of God. And I am uh, very grateful for you, Susan. So happy birthday. And we we do pray that this new year of your life would truly be the greatest year of your life and just growing to know Jesus and growing to love Jesus, growing to experience the love of Jesus. And may this be the greatest year of your life and, uh, and you loving him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And also, I want to say a uh, belated happy birthday to you, Miss Chloe. And uh, I'm just uh, so blessed to see you know, what the Lord is doing in your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And uh, Miss Sophie, golly, you know, Sophie, um, as I said to you yesterday, and I didn't use these exact words, but, you know, uh, you are Jesus's choice, Sophie. And Jesus is Sophie's choice. And so uh, you're... Uh, you know, your thing that was out there on social media, my wife showed me, uh, really, really blessed me. And your exhortation to, to read the scriptures was a blessing. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Today, we're going to be discussing a, uh, one of the parables of Jesus. Um, some of y'all really like the parables. This parable is found in Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Um, it's called the parable of the workers in the vineyard. And it is one of the more difficult uh, parables to break down and understand. Um, when you read it on its face, it doesn't seem to make sense. It does appear as if there is some injustice in here. But um, Lord willing, as we go through it, we'll see that, uh, you know, by the mercy of God, we'll see that, that really there is no injustice. So... I will go ahead and uh, we'll pray and then we will read the parable. And then we will uh, get right into breaking it down and really, you know, trying to see what Jesus has for us um, in this parable. The parable is spoken by Jesus. Um, and like I said, it's in Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. Well, Lord Jesus, we do thank you for your mercy and your favor and your goodness and your grace on our lives. Father, we love you. We bless you. We thank you. We worship you. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the scriptures, Father. We thank you for your living word that you've given us. 
uh, to feed us and to nourish us and to encourage us, Father, and to correct us, Father. We thank you, Father, that you've given your word of how much you love us. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've given your word, that you have given your life for us in our place and on our behalf, that we may have our sins forgiven, that we may indeed come into relationship with our with God our Father as our Heavenly Father, that we might know you as our Lord and Savior and Master and King, and that your Holy Spirit might lead us and guide us and comfort us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to, to lead us now. We ask you to give us eyes that see and ears to hear as we open your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Verse 1, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So when we read that, that, that the, the men who had worked for 12 hours expected to receive more because the men who were hired last and only worked one hour were given a denarius, it, it, it seems quite reasonable to us, right? It seems reasonable that if someone hires you to go work 12 hours in a field and, and promises you a denarius, which was the day's wage, and then he hires people um, at all different times of that day and they work less hours than you, you know, it would seem reasonable to us that we would receive more because we worked more. And so that's what makes the, the, the parable confusing because clearly the landowner is Jesus. It's God. Um, and, you know, why would he pay the same to someone who worked one hour to someone that worked 12 hours, 
right? So there are legitimate questions that that when we come to the scriptures, you know, it's okay for us to ask questions. It's okay for us to say, you know, Father, we we don't understand this. You know, it it it, it doesn't seem to make sense to us. So I've been studying this um, for I don't know how many days now, and we did it in. Uh, we had a wonderful Bible study last night at, at the house in a time of worship. Um, and man, it was just, it was just, it was a, it was just a really good time. The time of worship was amazing. Um, but I do, there's, uh, you know, I think we made a mistake in Bible study yesterday for those in Bible study who listen to this. Um, I think yesterday I had said that there were four different times when the, uh, when the landowner goes out and I think when I just read this, it's five different times. It says that he went out early in the morning. Um, the day used to start. In verse 1, it says he went out early in the morning. The work day in Jesus' day would start at 6 a.m. And he hired workers. But then in verse 3, it says about the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace. And he told them, go and work in the vineyard. So that would have been 9 a.m. That's the second group. Then in verse 5, he sent out, went out again in the 6th hour and the ninth hour. So that's noon and 3 o'clock. And he did the same thing. And in verse 6, it says about the 11th hour, he went out. Now that's 5 in the afternoon. And he saw others standing around and he told them to go um, work in the vineyard after he spoke to them. So it's actually five different times. Not four times, as we said in Bible study yesterday. Forgive me, please. Um, it's actually five times that the landowner goes out into the vineyard looking to bring in workers. So um, yesterday when we began to teach this, I had asked the uh, I had asked if anyone had any ideas. And uh, my man, Sam, um had given a, a one of the foundational aspects of this parable, one of the foundational interpretations of the parable. And what Sam had said, um, well said actually, was that this is referring to different times that people come to Jesus Christ for their salvation. Sam had discerned through the parable, sharp young man, um, that that this represents that some people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior very early in life. Now, let me explain what I mean by come to know Jesus, okay? I'm not talking about believing in Jesus. I'm not talking about that we were going to church when we were little. Um, I'm talking about there are people who, when they are young, uh, let's say they're 10, 11, 12, 14 years old, 15 years old, they have come to truly understand that they are, that they are sinful people that they comprehend that that they are sinners and that they are because of their sin that they're actually separated from God and because of that they actually know and believe that that's why Jesus came into the world to live a perfect life for them and die a perfect death for them and they believe that Jesus is alive and risen and in that recognition of their sinfulness and in that acknowledging that Jesus is their only hope, that Jesus is the only possibility for them to have their sins forgiven, to come into relationship with God as their father, and to ultimately go to heaven when they die, 
They at this time at a very young age call on Jesus to receive him as their savior. Again, they may be 10, 11, 12, 14 years old. And knowing that they are sinful people, they, they literally run to the foot of the cross and call out to Jesus saying, Lord Jesus, I do confess that I am a sinful person. And I confess that there's nothing I can do to help myself. Jesus, I'm in desperate need of you. And I ask you to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life, to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I'm placing all my faith, hope and trust and reliance in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's what I mean when I say that they were saved early in life. That, that all of that understanding of what they need to be saved from as a sinner had come to them and that they were trusting in Jesus Christ as their, as their only Lord and Savior. Now, as Sam said yesterday, when we see, the, we see that the people that are hired very early can represent those who are saved, those who come to Jesus very young in life right? Those who come into relationship with Jesus very young in life in the way that I had just explained. And then when he says in verse three, that about the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work, right? Then in verse five, he says the sixth hour and the ninth hour. And then in verse six, it talks about the 11th hour. And so when you see this, you can see all the, the various stages in life, right? So as we said, the first one can represent you being, you being saved and coming into a relationship with Jesus and, and going to work for Jesus in his vineyard, right? Doing the work of the kingdom of God at a very young age. You're experiencing relationship very young in life, right? You're 15, 16, 14, 20, whatever the age is. Then you see the third hour, and maybe this represents people in their you know, mid to late 20s or something, right? Then you see the sixth hour, and maybe this represents people in their, in their uh, mid 40s, right? And then you see the ninth hour, and maybe this represents people in their 70s or something. And then you could see the 11th hour, you know, which could be people very late in life. You know, maybe they're 85 years old, and they come to Jesus, and they only live till they're 86 or 87 years old, right? And so one, you know, one of the applications to this, one of the interpretations is, you know, we can see that people, and we see the reality of this, that at different times in our lives or in different times in people's lives, they come to the knowledge of needing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Some very young, some in their 20s, some in their 30s, some in their 40s, some in their 50s, some in their 60s, and even some in their 80s, Right. And if you interpret the parable from that understanding, it makes perfect sense when you go down. So when you've come to Jesus Christ and put your faith in Jesus Christ, um, you are promised a reward of eternal life and to spend eternity in heaven. And the Bible teaches as, as long as we do that in this life, you will receive that reward. So whether you did that early in your life, or whether you did it in the third hour of your life, the sixth hour of your life, the ninth hour of your life, or even at the 11th hour of your life. Everyone who comes to Jesus Christ and receives him as their only Lord and Savior, 
again in the way I talked about earlier, will receive that reward of eternal life and of going to heaven. Now, the sooner that you have received Jesus as the Lord, as your Lord and Savior, the younger in life you are, the better off you are, of course. So, so when we see in verse 10, it says, so when those who came, who were hired first, expected to receive more, um, all of us have the same reward when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ regarding going to heaven and having eternal life, living forever with Jesus um, and our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. No matter what time you come to Christ, we all have the same reward. So when you break down the parable in that light, it can make perfect sense, right? So does everyone see that? Do you see how from a salvation perspective, that makes perfect sense in the parable? Okay. But now there are also applications of this parable that apply to us, you know, as Christians. And so we went with the salvation application there and interpretation, but let's look at, let's break down a lifestyle application, meaning how does it apply to us on a, on a, on a daily basis? In this day, in Jesus's day, um, workers would go to the marketplace. It says in verse one, it's like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men in his vineyard, right? Third hour, he saw others standing in the marketplace. Okay. So you would go to the marketplace if you were a landowner and you would hire workers. Now, most of the time, these workers needed this money. So if you were standing there in the marketplace, try to imagine a landowner coming and you're just hoping and praying that he picks you, right? Please pick me, please pick me, please pick me, please pick me. And if you got picked, how exciting that is, right? Um, you know, there were, there were times in, uh, in the depression, right? And in times in difficult times, and I'm sure this is not just the case, I'm thinking in the United States now, but when tough times were here or we were in, we were in very difficult times in our country. And as I said, I'm sure it's like this in other countries and, and people need to go hire workers. Everybody just hopes they're going to get hired because they need that money. They need that money to, to feed their family, to take care of their children, to, uh, to get, to get clothing, to keep the electricity running. Right. So, so the men who were hired first, imagine how happy they were that they got picked early, right? Now imagine you didn't get hired. Man, I don't have any money. I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to feed my wife and my kids? I'm, you're going to be terribly anxious that you didn't get hired. So now look what's happening. About the third hour, he went out. And imagine you see him coming back and you just hope, oh my Lord, pick me, pick me, pick me. And he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard. And you notice he doesn't promise them anything. He just says, I'll pay you whatever is right. How relieved would these people have feel, felt now? That was one of the words they said in the Bible study yesterday. Uh, Chloe said, how relieved. I think that was you, Chloe. Um, but how relieved that, uh, you know, they would have felt that they too now got to go out and work and they were going to get paid and that they were going to, 
to make money. So again, you see these people wanted to work and were willing to work and they go to work. But imagine you didn't get picked. You're like, golly, I might have gone home here. I might have gone home and given up and just said, you know, we're not going to eat tonight. But look what happens in verse 5. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour. Now remember, the, 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 uh, the first ones were hired at 6 a.m. The next one's at 9 a.m. The third hour, this is the sixth hour. So now it's 12 noon he goes out. And the ninth hour, and he did the same thing. So at noon and at 3 o'clock he goes out. He finds workers there. And he tells them to go work. So again, imagine that you did wait. You did have faith and you did just, 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 you hoped against hope that he would come back, even though the day's half over. And sure enough, he comes back and you get hired. Just how excited and how relieved you would be that you got hired and you knew you were going to make some money and you could put some soup on the table or something, right? Now look at verse six. Wow. Verse 6, about the 11th hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. Why are they still there? You'd have thought they'd have given up by now. It's five o'clock in the afternoon. Everybody knows the sun's coming down. We can't do all this farming. We can't do this work in the vineyard. Um, there's no way we're going to get hired. But these men were still waiting, hoping against hope against hope that somehow they wouldn't have to go home, tail tucked between their legs, feeling ashamed and down that they couldn't earn any money that day. And sure enough, by the mercy of our God, the landowner goes out. And even the ones that are standing there 11 hours, he has mercy on them and said, you also go work in the vineyard. And, you know, wouldn't have been exciting. They didn't know what they were going to get paid. They probably assumed they were going to get paid very little. But you know what? They went and worked. They went and did that hour's work. So remember, the first people, Chris did 12 hours work. The next did nine hours work. The next did six hours work. The next did three hours work. And the last did one hours work. Right? Verse eight, when evening came, that's just an hour now since the last ones were hired. The owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages but listen to this, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. What? Why would you do that? Not only is he going to go on, verse 9, the workers who were hired about the 11th hour came and each received a denarius. And the workers hired first received a denarius. So they, the, 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 the men who worked an hour and the men who worked 12 hours both got the same pay. They both got the pay that the landowner told originally he would give to the first workers, the workers who were hired first at 6 a.m. Why would he do this? And what, what you've heard me allude to already 
is that it's apparent here when you look at it that that the Lord considers the waiting in our lives sometimes as valuable as the working. Does that make sense, Scott? Sometimes the waiting is harder than the working. Can y'all see that? Look at the parable. As I said, if you were the first one hired in the morning, man, you're feeling good. I'm going to go work. I'm going to go. I'm going to be able to make money. I'm going to be able to feed my kids. I'm going to be able to clothe them. I mean, you're just feeling good. You're down there working and you can't wait and you're excited and you're going to get paid, right? But if you didn't get hired, you're having to wait now. You wanted to be working and you would have had anxiety and frustration, right? It would have been hard. Sometimes the waiting, y'all, is harder than the working, Stephen. Some of us right now are in waiting seasons in our life. Some of us have been waiting on the Lord uh, for, for a long time. Some of us have been waiting for a short time. Some of us have already been given what the Lord has called us to do. Some of us are walking in the calling the Lord has given us to do. Someone, some of us have been given the assignments that the Lord has given us to do. Are you in a place right now where you're having to wait? Or are you in a place where you're working? Now, this is important for us to understand. It's a very, very powerful lesson here. When he asked them, the people that have been standing there 11 hours, why you've been standing here all day long doing nothing, okay? He is asking us that as well, okay? Meaning, wherever you are today, wherever Jesus has planted you, wherever Jesus has put you, you need, need to be doing the work that he's called you to do. You need to be using your time, your talents, and your treasure, your money, and the advancement of the kingdom of God. You need to be faithful wherever he's placed you. You need to have a heart to do the work of the kingdom in whatever capacity you can, wherever you are right now. Okay? These people had no choice but to be there. They tell them that we are here, we want to work, but no one has hired us, they answered. Because no one has hired us, they answered. Okay? They wanted to work. They had a heart to work. Do you have a heart to do the work that the Lord has given you to do wherever you are right now in this season? So if we look at this parable from this perspective, you know, uh, there are five different seasons, right? Sometimes you may be in a waiting season. Sometimes you may be in a working season. Sometimes you may be out doing the work the Lord has called you to do. And sometimes you're having to wait on him. And waiting is y'all hard, right? To me, waiting's harder than working, right? I have to wait. I'm supposed to wait on the Lord. I'm supposed to have faith that, you know, he, he's in control and he knows what he's doing, Landon, right? Um, but, but sometimes that's just, sometimes that's hard for me, Sophie. Sometimes that really is hard on me. Waiting seasons are not fun. So when we look at the parable, we can see that the Lord rewards the waiting the same as he does the working. If you have a heart to be working while you're waiting. 
Hopefully that makes sense, right? Meaning we can't just say when we're sitting around doing nothing because he does ask him that question. Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Okay. Now they have a legitimate answer. Listen, our heart, we wanted to work from day one. We wanted to feed our family. We wanted to serve the Lord. We want to serve the kingdom of God. And we're going to do that in whatever capacity we can, wherever we are. Right? So now if you look at it like that, wasn't it, wasn't it harder for the guys that had to wait 11 hours before they received their blessing? Right? They were sitting there in that marketplace and they just, they were just downtrodden. They were beat down. They didn't know if they were going to get anything. By the time it got to be the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth hour, you'd have thought they'd have gone home. Imagine if they went home at the at, at ten hour, ten and a half hours, and boom, at eleven hours he shows up again. You don't know when Jesus is going to show up into your situation, so you just keep doing what Jesus has called you to do. Did you get that? You see that, Riley? That makes sense, Cash. The landowner shows up five different times. Imagine if they'd have gone home at 10 and a half hours. Imagine if they said, man, we're going home. He's not coming again. I know everybody said he's been here four times. Jesus will keep coming if your heart is willing. He'll keep coming, May, and coming and coming and coming if you'll wait on him, sweetheart, and if I will. And the truth is, sometimes I did go home. And I missed the blessing because I went home because I didn't wait on the Lord. Now, as I said again, we want to wait on the Lord, but be doing what he has called you to do while you're waiting for the vision he's given you, Pop, or what he's put in your heart. But they didn't go home. Imagine if you came back, let's say you went home at uh, 4.30 and said, man, nothing's going to happen. And uh, it says here, the Lord came again at uh, the 11th hour, which is five o'clock. Imagine you came the next day, you went home at uh, 10 30, uh, at 4.30 and you came the next day and, and, and everybody told you, you know, he came again at five o'clock and we all got paid a denarius. You'd have felt pretty bad that you wouldn't have waited anymore, right? You know, sometimes, you know, when we're, when, we're, when we're waiting on the Lord, when we're obeying the Lord, when we're repenting, you know, we, we don't know when the blessing comes. We are promised that, you know, when we obey the word of God, when we obey Jesus Christ, the son of God, when we walk in love with him, we are promised that, that he will bless us, okay? We're promised that our reward of heaven is completely independent of us. Our salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And even all the work we do, him, do for him is by, by his grace. We couldn't do it without his grace and without his mercy. But we do have to apply ourselves in the seasons of waiting. And we have to apply ourselves in the season of working, right? And now all of this will apply to how we experience relationship with Jesus and the different levels of reward we will receive from him. And we're going to get into that in a minute and, and uh, how, he, how he says, 
in the end, verse 16, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Um, so wherever you are today, if you're in a season of waiting, if you're in a season of working, we're doing it all under the Lord. We wait unto Jesus and we work unto Jesus. And in our waiting, we need to do the work we can do. And in our working, we need to be waiting for what we see and desire for the Lord to do, if that makes sense. There's a big principle in here my man Cotton mentioned yesterday. Um, it says, you know, in verse 11, that when, when those who, who came first, those who started working, you know, they expected to get more. Verse 11, when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Verse 12, these men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. You know, Cotton made a great point that sometimes, you know, we don't, we don't understand that we are all just, we're all just objects of mercy, that anything we do really is by the grace and mercy of our God. Now, like I said, we can all relate to this, right? I worked 12 hours, this guy worked one and you made us equal. Now we've already talked about that. That guy had to wait while you've been happy as a lark the whole day, right? And that waiting wasn't fun, but we do have this tendency, right? I told Cotton, I should have brought this. I didn't bring this up in the Bible study, um, but he makes a great point here that sometimes, you know, we, we get concerned about everybody else. Sometimes we can get concerned with the blessings on someone else's life. Sometimes, you know, we act as if, you know, the Lord is treating us unfairly because we're not as blessed as someone else is. And I do confess that I, you know, that we, uh, that we struggle with this, you know, sometimes I'll wonder, you know, Lord, I, you know, why is it, you know, you know, that, you know, I, I've, I've asked you to do this, 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 and this doesn't seem Lord, like it'd be too much for you to have me, have you bless me in this way or this way or this way or this way. Right. And I can get frustrated, right? Lord, you're handing out blessings all over the world over here, but you know, and the truth is I'm, I'm as blessed as a man's ever been, but sometimes I'm just not content. It seems like there are seasons in our life and times in our life and moments in their life where we, we want this blessing over here and we forget about all the blessings we have been given, right? We forget about the denarius we have been given. You know, we forget about the fact that we did get chosen to go to work early in the morning, right, Sam? We forget that, you know, we've been given the privilege to work in the kingdom of God. We've been given the re revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord. And we can get our minds off of that and on all these other things, Lens, right? Forgive us, Father. Father, forgive us when we are uh, concerned about what we didn't get or what someone else did get when you have extended us so much mercy, so much grace, so much favor. Forgive us, Father. Help us to be men and women of Christ, in Christ, that can begin to have an increasing heart of genuine thanksgiving in every aspect of our lives. Thank you, Lord. All right. The Lord is generous. 
The Lord is generous, verse 15. Are you envious because I'm generous? The Lord is so generous to us. Our Heavenly Father is so generous to us and has extended us so much grace. Watch this, watch this. Those were three breaths I just took. That was grace, grace, grace. I don't deserve those breaths. I didn't do anything to create that air, okay? I didn't make that air that I just breathed right there, but I need it. It's my understanding that if we stop getting those that air, if we stop getting that air, we die. Is that everyone's understanding? We need that to survive. And I don't believe anyone listening to this has created that air any more than I have, right? He has been so gracious to us. Father, we thank you that you are so generous. And I just ask you to forgive us, Lord, where we consistently are thinking about that which we do not have or what someone else has been given. Thank you for your mercy, Father. Verse 16, finishing up. So the last will be first and the first will be last. You know, you're going to get to heaven and I'm going to get to heaven one day. And uh, we're going to see a, a lady there, right? And, you know, we might have known her as a little old lady sometime in life. She didn't have much. She didn't have much money. She really didn't talk a lot. She wasn't very eloquent. Didn't seemingly have a whole lot of ministry gifts. But you know what? That lady worked. And she gave her life to Jesus Christ. And she was never known. She was quiet. Humble. She was a servant of Jesus. She didn't have much money, but the money she had, she was a blessing with. She didn't have many gifts and talents, but she did serve and minister and love and lay her life down for Jesus Christ. But she was never noticed because in this world, she was the last. In this world, you know, it was the people that have a lot of money that we notice. In this world, it's the people with all the gifts and all the talents and all the ministry gifts and all the pastors and all the preachers and whatever we are, right? All of us who've been given these these overt gifts, these, uh, you know, these gifts that we use uh, in public. And those are valid gifts. But this lady, she didn't have none of that. And when we get to heaven, we're going to see the glory and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see that that woman who was last here, she's, she's going to be first there. And her heavenly reward will be as such that we'll all be working for her. We're down here. It was her. That you know what? She went into the church and she did her job and then she was home and she was serving and she just, she just, she minded her business and did her job. Hmm. But it ain't going to be like this in heaven. Those that, that we believe will be first, maybe last. And those that we may think are last will be first. So we want to use the gifts we've been given. You want to do everything unto Christ more and more and more and more. If you don't know Jesus, come to him today. Call out to him and ask him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, knowing your need of him. Whatever season your life you're in. If you're 15, 30, 45, 60, 75, or 90, 
Give your life to Jesus today if you haven't. And if you have given your life to Jesus, you are undoubtedly in a season of waiting or working. Always. If you're in a season of waiting, we see here that the Lord understands your waiting and he will reward your waiting, whatever you're waiting on. But while you're waiting, do the work that he's given you to do. We're not standing around doing nothing, right? And if you're working, continue to work for Christ. Continue to, to give yourself to Christ. Doing what he's called you to do. And remember those in your lives who are the least among you. Most who listen to this podcast are, are, are the first. Almost all of us who hear this are the first. People who listen to this are gifted. They're smart. They're intelligent. They have nice homes. They have nice cars. Often find church-going Christians, right? But we want to remember that you want to, to keep in mind that, uh, that the Lord, you know, the Lord knows that there are so many, so many who don't have the immense privileges we do, but yet still are working in the kingdom of God for Jesus Christ our Lord in a diligent fashion. We would do well to remember them. We would do well to remember them. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your favor and your goodness on our lives. We thank you for this incredible parable of the workers in the vineyard. Father, we pray that you would help us to go to work in your vineyard and do the work of the kingdom of God in and through the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we love you, we bless you, we thank you, and we praise you today. We do commit this day into your hands, Father. We thank you, Father, for your mercy and for your goodness on our lives. Father, we love you. We bless you. We thank you and we praise you. We commit this time into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.